Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. All right, news roundup, information overload hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Um, there are more people that advised Barack Obama on the economy that are speaking out loudly about how bad things are. Now, we've gone over the inflation disaster, a 40-year high. Uh, we know interest rates are going up. They're even rising now as we speak, unfortunately. Um, the CNBC headline today had interest rates begin to rise to keep up with Biden's inflation. Ten-year Treasury yield topped 1.96% on Tuesday morning. Uh, the yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury note climbed four basis points at 925 this morning uh, to nearly 2%. The yield on a 30-year Treasury bond rose by more than three basis points to 2.25%. And all of this means that this this is now the worst case scenario you can imagine. Now, Joe Manchin probably did every single Democratic radical socialist a favor by by not going along with the filibuster power scam and saying no to build back broke because that would we literally would be bankrupt. We now have 30 trillion dollars in debt already. We can't afford it. We're robbing our kids and our grandkids blind. Here's what Manchin said, that this is dead and it's not going to exist ever again. Build back better. Uh, is it dead? Is there any opportunity for it to come back uh, with well, your the, support? The build back better, as, as it has been presented uh, over, what, the last seven, eight, nine months, mm-hmm. that bill no longer will exist, okay? Should there be parts of it? Do you want to talk about different things? I think the president said there might be certain parts and this and that. My biggest concern and my biggest opposition, it did not go through the process. Whether Lisa votes for it or not being a Republican, she should have at least the opportunity to have input. It should have gone through the committee. These are major changes. It's going to change society as we know it. Yeah, so those guys, changes should be a hearing. It I, should be a markup. And then you're going to have a better product whether, they, whether your friends on the other side vote for it or not. But they have to have input. Every single item you pay for... You know, look at what it costs now to fill up your tank and and gas prices will get even higher. Everything you buy in every store costs more more to get it there. uh, And you're paying the difference. Uh, You're going to pay more to heat your home this winter. You'll pay more to cool your home this summer. And there seems to be no end in sight. What's Joe Biden's uh, answer? America is back to work. He he sends out these bumper sticker slogans all the time that are absolutely, totally, completely and utterly meaningless. But here's what he said. America is back to work. Today, we learned that in January, our economy created 467,000 jobs. That's not all. We learned that job growth in November and December over last year was revised up by more than 700,000 jobs. On top of that... 400,000 jobs previously on top of the 400,000 were previously reported. This morning's report caps off my first year as president. And over that period, our economy created 6.6 million jobs. 6.6 million jobs. You can't remember another year when so many people went to work in this country. There's a reason. It never happened. Take a look at the chart. You can look at the last all the way back to President Reagan. Look how many jobs we've created in an average per month. This is uh, it's never happened before. And look, history's been made here. 
Yeah, history has been made. Okay, $30 trillion in debt, 40-year high of inflation, uh, record we're paying nearly a buck fifty more a gallon for gasoline. Everything we buy in every store that we go to, we're paying more for because it costs more to transport it there. A full-year trade deficit for 2021 increased 27% to $859.1 billion dollars. That's larger than the previous record in 2006. Uh, it's never been this bad in our lifetime. Four rate increases are anticipated this year. Anyway, joining us, David Bonson. He's the founding founder and managing partner of the Bonson Group, author of the new book, There's No Free Lunch. Uh, okay, I'm not the economist that you are, but I look at what's going on. I go shopping every week. I love to do my own grocery shopping. I see the prices of meat. I'm a, I eat paleo, soaring. I do eat a salad a day, and I eat vegetables a day, and those prices are soaring as well. Um, who's getting hurt the most here? Isn't it lower income, middle income people? Well, inflation is always the most regressive tax there is. It always hurts lowest income people the most. And and you're you're making me feel bad about my diet by referring to your vegetables and and, and healthy salads. But you know what else uh, people of lower income need is gas. They have to fuel up their car, and and it's something I almost feel guilty about that I have no idea what I pay in gas because it's not the kind of thing I have to think about. But most people do, Sean, and it's to me I can accept the idea that a lot of what we're dealing with here is because of policy issues, and some of it is not. But there's no question on the energy side, the price inflation and gas is a decision we're making. We're choosing to have price inflation in oil and gas by refusing to live up to our productive capacity here in the United States. Correct me if I'm wrong, by giving Vladimir Putin a waiver on Nord Stream 2 while simultaneously firing and giving pink slips to all the workers on the Keystone XL pipeline now, and that's expanded to other energy jobs. And these are high-paying career jobs in the energy sector. Um, and by reducing now, estimates have it at about 40% um, the production of energy in this country under Joe Biden. And the if you use simple supply and demand dictating price, if we artificially have have lowered the supply of energy, the lifeblood of the world's economy, and yet the the demand remains constant. Isn't it obvious why the price is going up? And the single best thing that we could do is start producing energy again, which we know Joe is never going to do. It's an indisputable and non-controversial assertion, and it's not even one, Sean, that I think most on the left would disagree with. I think similar to that time where President Obama admitted reducing capital gain taxes generates more money, but we have to do it anyways because it's fair. I think that the left would say, yeah, Sean, you're right. We agree with what you just said, but it doesn't matter because it's necessary for an environmental goal. And then you say to them, wait a second, what's better for your environmental goals? The U.S. emitting more natural gas or China emitting more coal? Russia, with their complete lack of clean standards, uh, being a bigger producer. So they don't only lose economically, which is your point and my point, but they also lose the argument environmentally. We are the cleaner emitter of carbon in our country and have the ability to meet so much need in Europe and Asia with our natural gas, and it's a question of will. 
now we're also we're talking about the financial side of it, but there's also it's it's good for our national security posture as well. Uh, if we don't need energy from the Middle East, we don't really have to care anymore about the Straits of Hormuz and what the Iranians are are doing in those straits. We don't have to beg Saudi Arabia and other countries that hate our guts uh, for the lifeblood of our economy. Uh, we don't have to even go to Russia. We're importing oil from Russia. That's how dumb Joe Biden is. Um, and it seems to me that if we were to fill the void and provide our Western European allies cheaper energy uh, to meet their needs, then we would stop driving our allies into the arms of Vladimir Putin, who's only going to accumulate more power in the process. And Joe Biden is single-handedly making Russia and Putin rich again. Is that a false analysis? No, it's a completely accurate analysis. And right now, because of the current tensions with Ukraine, Putin and Russia is the, the sort of contemporary, you know, example we have to focus on. But I do want to go back to what you said about Middle Eastern oil supply. Um, there was a time where we really obsessed over the fact that our geopolitical interests required this uh, energy commerce with people who were basically enemies of the United States. And I'm one who's not going to forget 9-11, and I'm one who's not going to believe that jihadism and other bad actors are supposed to be tolerated. Well, everything changed in the fracking revolution. We do not need to be in bed with bad actors anymore. If we needed it before, we don't need it now. I would rather do business in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, than with Iranian emirs. And this is something that we are getting away from cognizantly we know we're doing it it doesn't need to be done you know the, the amazing thing is is 50 percent of russia's economy is energy it, we could literally cut the legs out from underneath them and we could produce we, we were a net exporter of energy under donald trump we achieved energy independence for the first time in 75 years and if we found a way to cheaply transport that energy over to our Western European allies, uh, we would be doing them a national security favor as well. We see the territorial ambitions of Putin on the world stage with Ukraine right now. And if we wanted to, for example, go up against China, instead of setting a, a record and increasing our trade deficit 27 percent in 2021, uh, if you want to bankrupt China, the best way to do it is to get you and your allies to say, Nah, you you brought COVID to the world. You're not going to take over Taiwan. Stop cracking down in Hong Kong. Leave the Tibetans alone and leave the Uyghur minority Muslims alone. And then maybe we'll do some trade with you. And because if you cut the, the trade out of the economy of China, well, you cut the legs underneath them as well. And then that they will have the financial difficulties, not us. And, and I don't want to make things overly complicated, Sean, but there's a whole other element that adds to the argument you're making, which I agree with entirely. And that is the more that China has to get their energy needs met from us versus other actors, the more control we have in the currency war as well. China gains a huge upper hand in the currency, which matters a lot because of the trade deficit we run with them. If they are able to start getting their energy needs met elsewhere, it enables them to denominate it in a their currency versus dollars. 
And so there's a lot of leverage at stake here. You bring up the Russia issue with China, and then you come back to domestic considerations. Why are we talking about uh, these employment issues when we have great paying jobs that can be met for blue-collar people? These are not just white-collar, coastal, cosmopolitan jobs. This is a chance to put people to work and bring dignity to them and their families and meet American economic needs and provide a global competitive advantage. It checks all the boxes. A quick break more with David Bonson, founding and managing partner of the Bonson Group, author of There's No Free Lunch. David Bonson is with us, founding and managing partner of the Bonson Group. He wrote the book, There's No Free Lunch, as we talk about the Biden disastrous economy. Let me ask you the question from the standpoint of somebody that knows what it's like, me, uh, to struggle to pay rent and, and not have much money in the early part of my adult life. It wasn't fun. I didn't really even, too, I was too stupid to realize that I was broke, um, but I struggled every month for a good while to pay rent and, and my you know feed myself. Obviously, there was no money for restaurants, et cetera, et cetera. Ate a lot of meatloaf. Um, but my question to you is simple. What do people, the middle, what is what, the, this middle class that, according to the Penn Wharton study, is paying anywhere from $3,500 to $5,000 more per household because of Biden's inflation? What do you recommend for them? They're scared to death. They see the stock market has been as volatile as ever. They're not sure what to do. They can't buy a new car. Uh, they can't. If they sell their used car, they won't have a car. Prices are through the roof there, too. So if the people are really in a bind right now. What do you advise them as an economic advisor? What do you tell them to do? Well, I come from a similar background as you, that my economic lot in life now is not what it was early on. And I remember uh, having to struggle for food and gas in the car and all those things. And I will tell you that right now, people that are, are suffering in the current environment, the two areas that I think are governmental caused inflation are housing and energy. Um, I do not put all of the, you know, one of my problems, Sean, with blaming the Biden administration for every part of inflation is it means that they're going to take all the credit when some of these things inevitably self-correct, and they will. And I always think presidents get both too much blame and too much credit. But with housing, and with uh, energy. It is clearly policy errors that are forcing that issue. And to your question of what I would advise people to do, they, they are unfortunately victims of very bad policy. They need to vote right. They need to take this seriously in a civic and political sense. And then, of course, the thing that Americans have always done is we have to overcome it. They have to get out there and work, and we have to be entrepreneurial and creative. And there are a lot of jobs solutions. available for people to yes. take second jobs last quick yes or no answer do you agree with lauren summers we're going to have a recession within by the end of the year early next year no i don't but i think we'll have one within two years all right appreciate it david uh, bonson founder managing partner bonson group author of the book there's no free lunch thank you sir we always love having you when we come back we'll get to our busy phones 800-941-SEAN you want to be a part of the program
Listen to this show one time and you're Hannitized. Sean Hannity is back on the radio. Keep on rocking in the free world. Keep on rocking in the free world. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, I'm, I'm a little done with Neil Young. I love these these aging hippie rockers freedom for everybody freedom for all and so neil young did you see this he's now urging people that work at spotify now i'm assuming people that work at spotify uh probably have car payments and uh mortgage payments or apartment payments and health insurance payments and car insurance payments and they probably like to have their refrigerators full and and stock up on a few groceries for a rainy day etc cetera, etc cetera. So he just says, no, no, they, you need to quit your jobs uh, as soon as possible, lest your souls be eaten alive by guilt. <laughs> okay, really? Uh, two weeks after he demanded the company remove either podcast or jo- Joe Rogan or his music, and Spotify chose to dump him, which was a good choice. Um, I just love how people, you know, can so, especially you know people that work in rock and roll that long, is probably very wealthy and has means. Uh, he doesn't have to worry about where his next meal is coming from or the car he's driving or the private jet he's likely flying in and the life that he's living. Fine. I believe in capitalism, free market capitalism. I'm all for it. But when you tell working people that you need to quit uh, and you need to quit before you get eaten alive by guilt, uh, why should anybody feel guilty for what somebody else does? Now, should they feel guilty for maybe lyrics on songs that Spotify has on their playlist? Should they be feel guilty about that, too? You know, where, where does this guilt tripping end? Unless you're the person doing something, you sh- you're not guilty by association. It's ridiculous. It's the, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in the world. What happened to these hippie freedom loving ex, you know, rockers here? I can't even stand the sound of his voice anymore, Linda. I don't like him. You did like him before, though? Yeah, he's an old... I like... Um, you know what? I don't think I've ever gotten over uh, Neil Young because I, I'm friends with all the guys from Leonard Skinner. There's a line well, yeah. in the Sweet Home Alabama. You know that story. Yeah, and I think also, you know, obviously Ricky Medlock, who's a dear friend of the show, and he's just... He's an all-around great guy and a patriot, you know, but you look at somebody like Neil Young... And I just, I really struggle with, like, you've made music your whole life, which is something that so many people want to do. And your job is to make music and make people feel good. And if you want to take a political stand and do things that mean something to you and matter, good for you, man. Do you, whatever that is. You know, you and Daryl Hannah, that's his wife. You know, the two of you go off into the sunset and go save the world. That's awesome. But don't tell other people how to live their lives. You have no idea what someone else's life is like. Go walk a mile in their shoes. They don't get to get up every day and go sing songs or play the guitar. They got to get up. They got to shovel coffee down their throat. They got to get their kids to school. And they got to go work at a job you're, so they can pay their mortgage. You're using my phrases, by the way, which means that's that you've been with me way I've too long. I've been here way too long. Way that's too it. long. Because that's my whole you. line. You, you get up in the morning, you put in your 12, 14, 16 hours a day, you come home, you kiss the kids, you make dinner, you go over their homework, you know, you fall on the bed, hopefully you put on Hannity, and <laughs> you're, out, you're out cold. 
I can't um, tell you how many people will will say to me like, "Oh, it's so great, Sean's on at nine. I usually get through the monologue and then I have to watch the rest in the morning because I DVR it because I fell asleep." But you know, Neil Young, he doesn't have to worry about that because Neil Young doesn't have to get up early in the morning. He doesn't have anybody that he reports to. He doesn't have a job that he goes to. And maybe you don't like where somebody works and you don't like what somebody does. But you know what? That's why we are all individuals. You know, this whole idea of this group think, it's very strange about how we want everybody to be the same while being different. But we only want you to be different in the way that we accept. I mean, the hypocrisy of the theories of the of the tolerant left is becoming more and more. It's it's obstructive to everybody else's life I, I i've just i'm done go do you whatever that is and leave me alone and i'll leave you alone Listen, you know you want to go rock in the free inflation. world go do it we just we just spent a half hour with david bonson and we talk about the economy we talk about inflation you know i i love telling people that they can get the same service from pure talk and save nearly a thousand dollars a year i because that saves you money uh, AmericanFinancing.net. I know if there are listeners to this program and they refinance before all these rate hikes and then interest rates have already begun their climb, um, that they're going to save a lot of money. And I want people to save money. I always say it. Money is freedom. And, you know, it's basically how you treat people. I wish it weren't the case, but, you know, th- there are people that are suffering needlessly because of these policies. And they're suffering because of an agenda of a group of people that claim to have the mantle of compassion for the poor middle class in this country. The ones and haven't that play- they been through enough? Haven't well, the- they been through enough over the yes. last two and a half years? My yes. God. We've all been through way too much the last two and a half years, which is why I think this trucker movement, it's, it's fascinating. Now we're seeing European country truckers, they, they're taking their cues. American truckers are going to do the same thing. You know, it might be cool. We might want to, you know, kind of sync up with them at some point and maybe do a town hall with the truckers, the convoy moving from California to D.C. I would love that. The that'd people's be fun, convoy. right? Yeah, that's be the a people's lot of fun. convoy. I think it would be awesome. Maybe we need we'll to make sure Donald that we... Trump. That'll 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 get that'll get the truckers noticed. Listen, let's do it in a red state. You know, we'll pick the middle of the country. We'll go there. OK, I'm not we'll... doing it in New York or D.C. Let's put it that obviously, way. obviously yeah. or California for that matter. Maybe I could play yeah. a street hockey pickup game and show you that I used to play. I used to have real. You games. were a very good hockey player. That's very oh. true. It's yeah, been I a minute. I, I wish I had a knee left. I don't have one, but that's a different story. A knee, a hip, day. a shoulder. Well, you know, who's yeah, counting? kinda. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm fixing everything. I'm working on it. Uh, hey, Ralph listen, is in Texas. Best. Ralph, how are you? Glad you called. Good, Sean. Thank you very much for the privilege to speak with you and the opportunity. And before we start, I just want to say kudos to what you guys are doing. And you had mentioned to the earlier caller about earned listenership. You have earned my listenership, and I have been hanitized. Oh, I appreciate it. And by the way, I'm going to try and earn it every day. This is not a one-shot deal. We're trying every day. All right. The reason why I'm calling is I don't want to be the dead horse here with this uh, Joe Rogan thing. But if if you if you investigate and look into the actual roots of the word, the N-word, it's very, very interesting. In uh, 1985, Joe Biden was up against, he was doing hearings on C-SPAN about the Louisiana uh, redistricting. And he was the senator then, and he used the N-word numerous times in that conversation. As he wrapped up his conversation, he said something that was... Something is rotten in Denmark. Now, I'm Danish descent. First generation on my father's side, he came over here in 1938 when things were bubbling over there in Europe. 
and uh, fought for this country, was a nose gunner and a bombardier. And uh, should I go out and start r- ripping down things because of that? And uh, I don't believe personally that you have to talk to, with kid gloves. You talk with kid gloves to kids, not to adults. Uh, personally, I don't think that Joe Rogan should have apologized because when you give them an inch, they want a yard. And when you give them a yard, they want a pool. And I almost believe to a certain degree that the word police is a division of cancel culture. They work hand in hand, so to speak. Um, let me, let me just point my, out one thing here, because you've keyed into something that I think is very important. And you know, whatever the definition is, I'm not even that interested because we know how people feel about it react to it i'm not a person that wants to go around offending people um saying things that are just said for mean purposes and and so i'll put that side of your argument uh, i'll put that argument aside for a minute yeah the hypocrisy it's rank hypocrisy joe biden's son joe biden on tape using the word using the word using the word you know i got i got kicked in the teeth by some people yesterday well, he said, well, I don't I have I've not heard the context of any of these. What if Joe Rogan and I, I don't think it's the case. I think he said it in more of a conversational piece about the word discussing it. And rather than saying the N word, he actually said the word. Then he decided, man, I shouldn't use this word anymore. Um, and he explained it. He apologized. He was embarrassed by it. It went through the whole thing. And the issue really then becomes, okay, well, it's up to his audience. They're going to ultimately decide. And But notice the difference in the double standard. Nobody cares that Joe Biden said it. Nobody cares about Joe Biden partnering with the Klansman, Robert Byrd, to stop the integration of schools and busing. You know, Kamala Harris brought it up in one debate. He didn't want public schools, in his words, to be racial jungles. Um, and and other statements put you all back in change for the first time ever. We have an an African American who is bright and articulate and clean. This is storybook, man. Uh, there's never been an African American before, Joe. This is the first time ever. Seriously, um, storybook. Very bizarre. Put you all back in chains. It's the it's the same playbook by Democrats every two four years. Listen, I have a very simple view of this in life, and I'm going to keep it right at its basic level, is I personally believe my faith teaches me, and I'm the, I'm the Christian that needs the saving and forgiving, okay, part? I'm that one. So uh, Christianity to me is not about saying you're perfect. It's, it's just the opposite. It's admitting you're not. It's admitting you need help. It's, it's getting on your knees and humbly asking God into your heart so you, you are a better person. And anyway, I just think that I believe in second chances and I believe that, you know, all of this, you know, it's just going to be interesting to watch because I think I don't think Whoopi Goldberg's going to make a mistake again like that, like the one she made. Nor do I think Joe Rogan will. And I think at the end of the day, it's it's one standard for the justice system, one standard for speech standards for Democrats and liberals and another for conservatives. And that's just the way it is. I've lived this my whole career. You get the last word. Well, I just wanted to get my two cents in, but with this uh, transitory inflation, it's costing me a half a dollar. So that's all I have to say. And uh, te- <laughs> I don't want it to cost too much. Right. Yeah, well, trans- anyway, I transitory. Like, I, I love it. I, uh, transitory I, I for years. 
All right, my friend. Thank you, Ralph. God bless you. Uh, let's say hi to ooh, Mary in Washington State. What's up, Mary? How are you? Hey. Hi, Sean. Nice to talk with you. Nice to talk uh, to you. What's have, happening? Um, I just have an observation um, from meeting with my physician that I wanted to share with you. And right. I went in on a routine check and... Uh, this is a doctor I've had for over 30 years. He's been in practice over 40 years. And I asked him to convince me why I should get the shot. And he just looked around the room looking for an answer. He didn't say anything to that. He said, the only reason I got the shot, Mary, was because I had to keep in practice. <laughs> so that's why he got it. The second thing that I asked well, At least him, he was being honest. He was, and he is, and I have a lot of trust in him. Okay. And um, the other thing I asked him was, if I did get COVID, would he treat me? And he told me that he could not treat me for COVID. He was told. Why not? Why? why I mean, uh, I guess uh, I don't know how many physicians have been told this, and that is my question. Is, well, this, kind of, this, we so see much... this with people that need transplants. If they're not vaccinated, they're taken off the list, right. which I think you, uh, it, it's unconscionable to me. And and there are no exceptions at all. There's no religious exemptions. There's no medical exceptions. People have rare conditions. That's one size fits all medicine, which I'm against. Um, in terms of treatment, if maybe he's just being honest in the sense that if you get it, I don't have access to monoclonal antibodies or these antivirals, which I think he actually by that by hopefully down the line will soon have access to the antivirals. If he can't treat you, but he was honest and said he can't treat you, you're going to have to find a doctor that would be able to treat you, in my opinion. That's up to you. But if it was my yeah. doctor saying that he couldn't help me, I'll tell you what my doctors would do. And I have I have great doctors. They would they would fight like hell to get me anything and everything that they could get to, to save me, whatever it happened yeah. to be. Yeah. So, I mean, well, I, I just am fortunate that I have a lot of my friends are doctors. Well, that's a good point, and I'm grateful for you saying that. Maybe um, just as being honest, maybe he can't get monoclonals. Maybe he's just telling you the truth. Yeah. Um, and there's been so much malevolence to the society through all of these things. It's un incredible. And I also I'm going to say this, and I'm just up on the clock. I'm going to say this. With all the people that have called us, I have gotten on the phone with hospitals, with doctors, with administrators, and I have advocated hard for people that I know and some people that I don't know but somehow reach out to me and get a and hold to me. And what's sad is you shouldn't have to be famous to make them get off their ass and do what they should be doing for everybody. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to keep these stories private, but I'm just giving you a general picture of what the life I've been living the last months. Um, God bless you, Mary. I hope you get the right doctor that can help you if, God forbid, you get this thing. 9 Eastern, say DVR, Hannity, Fox News. Thanks for being with us. You make this show possible.